1: Hey, listeners! It's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Joe with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Okay, Sage. Sage Rosenfeld's here for some Sage football wisdom. Two and a half hours until the NFL draft, and we're in the middle of 36 hours of purple here on Score North. Let's just I'd like to play a game. By all I means, to play a game with you guys. Let's do like it. like a game. Right,
2: let's go through go ahead, the draft, and we'll talk about the quarterbacks because we all know it's a mix of Burrow first to uh, Herbert. Uh, you know, then there's this little you know Jordan Love and people like him, and then some people have issues here and there. The list when you go down the list of NFL teams, starting off with the first team with the Bengals, do they need a quarterback? Yes, Joe Burrow's the pick. Easy mm-hmm. decision. Washington, do they need a quarterback? Yeah. I maybe, like but probably not. So they had a first runner last year, depends how much they like him, unless they absolutely love somebody. I think Chase Young is the pick. Detroit, Stafford, they don't I don't think they need a quarterback. Uh so maybe they go with a defensive player or they try to trade down. So that's interesting. And then the next the Giants, do they need a quarterback? No. Could they trade down? So then you start going through all the teams that need them and don't need them. And it really is interesting this year because mm-hmm. not only is there sort of an, in, in, uh, an imperfect order, like it's not absolute, other than Joe Burrow, there's a little bit of a mix in there. And some people love Tua and some people have like serious concerns. Um, so it's really interesting how that thing may go down. And people in recent history have jumped from 16 to 10 or, uh, or 12 to 6 or whatever. People have made that jump. Because if they absolutely love a guy, they go for him. It's it's been worth it a lot when teams have done it um, recently, other than the Bears, of course. So uh, uh, this might be one of those years if one of those teams that, te- and and it might be one of those years where guys drop for whatever reason. And and the Vikings, you know, like could go with it if they feel like Jordan loves the game changer, or or, or they feel uh, you know Tua drops for some reason, and, and Kubiak absolutely loves them. I mean, who? There is some some interesting uh, prospects here in the Vikings. You wouldn't really think we're in the mix, but I guess it seems like could be in the mix as time goes on.
3: Yeah, I've been making the point for over a week now, Sage, and it, I came to the realization that it's not 21 teams that need to pass on Tua for him to get to the Vikings. It, there's really three teams, if you count out the Bengals and assume they're taking Joe Burrow, that need a quarterback badly enough they'd use a first-round pick on him. And it's the Dolphins, the Chargers, and maybe the Raiders. I don't think it's crazy that three teams would pass up on Tua with his injury history and and with with the unique circumstances that we have of this virtual draft and teams not getting a chance to have their doctors get their hands on him, not get that last interview that they might want. I don't think I don't think it's that crazy at all to think three teams could pass on Tua. Somebody could trade up if they really like him and that would add a fourth or a fifth team to that mix, but as we sit here right now, Three teams that need a quarterback ahead of the Vikings in the first round of the NFL so, draft. So
2: I would say this, yes, Cincinnati, of course. We're going to know a lot after Miami and the Chargers. We're going to know a lot. That's five and six. Then it works its way down. Carolina, no, Arizona, no. Jacksonville, yes, they do need a quarterback. They may have the, they may have the weakest starter. And I like Gardner Minshew, but he might be one of the weaker, weakest starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Cleveland, no, they don't need a quarterback. Jets, no, Darnold. The, the Ragers, mm, it may be like, yeah, I mean, Garudin, he's, he's a guy that's possibly looking for a, San Francisco, no. Tampa, no. Denver, no. Atlanta, no. Dallas, no. And it starts going to all these no's. Miami, obviously, with, with that second pick, so they may have two shots. Uh, you know, th- They have some interesting gambling money in this situation. So there are, you know, three, four quarterbacks in there. Uh, maybe you say three um, that. Could very say like let's make let's make that pull this year. There's also the people like say uh, um, the Raiders who have some of that draft capital to really jump up high and, and and maybe take that pick over from Jacksonville or something like that and steal the sixth or seventh pick and go grab the guy they want. There are some definite uh, scenarios here. Obviously Miami or I'm sorry the Vikings with two first round draft picks. If that's what they really decide to do, um, they could do they could do that. But I just don't think. They're going to do that. I, I think that uh, they're, they're not there yet, and unless somebody, someone basically almost falls to them, I think they're going to go, you know, they're, they're really thinking corner, defensive end, wide receiver, you know, you know, somewhere on the offensive line. You know, If they absolutely love a tackle, this is a great tackle draft, and if you can get a left tackle mm. uh, that is a stud, that would be fairly inexpensive as a young guy, as a rookie, uh, and you think he's going to be your guy, Take them. This there's some really good tackles in this draft, and everyone knows there's also a lot of great wide receivers. Uh, some people think uh, you know eight uh, wide receivers are you know first round type talents.
4: So Sage, if Tua starts to fall, here's my thing: if Tua starts, let's say he gets down to ten, which I think is Cleveland, eleven, the Jets. If a team like the Vikings does not come up to try and get him, and you might be right, they they might not. But you know, they might fall
2: on you know the their lap. But you know, but like you they, know the they, team the that Browns makes sense, and, Age. The yeah, team that they, makes they perfect
4: could, sense? Wait, 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 wait. wait. The, the, go ahead. The team that makes sense? The replacement for Aaron Rodgers will be sitting right there. The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. Go and get them. Everybody who, passes who passed will get what they deserve, which is the Packers having three <laughs> generationally great quarterbacks in a row. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's officially draft day, speculation day. Yes. All, all the way Reckless in. Reckless as can all be, Sage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sure that'll go over well. With, at Aaron Rodgers' house.
1: Okay, how <laughs> reckless do you guys? Actually, that would be hilarious. It would probably go over, it as, go over as well as a with, with exactly. Favre. Yeah, <laughs> did not go over well at the Favre house either? Yeah, Farm I mean, didn't make eye contact with Rodgers for all three years he was there. Or so. Ted. <laughs> I, I tell you what. I tell you what. You make that trade easy to
2: the Chargers, and uh, and you know the, the Chargers uh, would love to have uh, Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Being that he, I th- believe he just bought like a thirty million dollar house. Uh in Malibu
3: or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, right there in LA. So Have you seen Aaron uh, Rodgers lately, know. by the way? Yeah. No, I have not. He's got a wow. quarantine beard going. He looks like Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like it's, yes. yeah. it's got like streaks of gray in it. It's all the way down to his chest. It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it's uh, the, the pe- there are people having various contests going on. Mike Silver, he has this mustache. It's it's atrocious. He's still on <laughs> NFL Network all the time, and he's doing it because his he he was growing the beard, and his wife like hated the beard or something. And in sort of like defiance, he's he kept the mustache. <laughs> And, and so they're having like a uh, a thing going over there at the Mike Silver household. So anyway, it's uh it's been interesting what people have done uh, with the beard action uh, during the quarantine.
1: Hey Sage, which once you get past Tua and Burrow and Herbert, the guys who are kind of all projected in the top ten, which of the other ones, like tier two, tier three, if you had to put chips on one of them to say, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that that guy becomes. An eight to ten year starter in the NFL, like which of the other ones is more is more likely than than the the others in that pool?
2: Well, I sort of go through. them like, well, let's, uh, Herbert reminds me of Josh Allen,
1: like heck of an
2: athlete, but inconsistent thrower, you know, type of guy. And you know, inconsistent throwers usually just don't, you know, all of a sudden he just becomes way more accurate or something like that. Ben Roethlisberger was actually. Uh, an accurate guy who could sort of run around and make plays, but you know, after that, uh, you have the Easton kid. I, he reminds you of Ryan Mallett in like a lot of ways, I guess. Big, huge, tall guy, big arm. But uh, the other aspect of Ryan Mallett maybe going on too. So um, in, it's interesting to see which where, where the, you're, you're looking for like a second tier quarterback. Like, who do I like? Yeah, it's like, not a first round. Yeah, guy.
1: like do you think like I Jordan Love, like Jalen Hurts? I like From Okay.
2: I, I really liked him. I, I watched a little more of him on him this week, and he reminded me of Kirk Cousins. Not as strong an arm as Kirk Cousins, um, but maybe better like better athlete, quicker feet, quicker processor. Better at uh, maybe moving around the line of scrimmage. If you can, uh, quarterbacks have to maneuver defensive ends in the SEC conference. Not a lot of great quarterbacks come out of the SEC because it's all about defense and defensive ends and and the running backs. It's a running backs league, uh, and so quarterbacks sort of struggle in that league. Uh, but but he has done a great job. He's sort of got that winner thing going on. Uh, he's been a lot of big games, and he does he can make. A lot of these throws in, in a sort of a breeze way, anticipation, footwork timing, um, uh, the way he could he reads defenses already. I was impressed by him, and, and I really do love my guy, my guy Anthony Gordon, you know watching Washington State film. Is sort of hilarious. I mean, it's just sort of incredible because obviously he has these plays and they're slow developing, and the quarterbacks just sort of go back there and bounce around and buy time and sort of keep an eye on where the space is that they're trying to get to. and And uh, and, and Gordon was a former major league baseball player, or he was drafted in the major leagues, uh, and 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 just has a has a he's, a he's like a Drew Brees type of thing going on. Not a huge arm. He's two hundred five, two hundred ten pounds. You know, six foot two. But you know, for a guy that could be like a mid-round selection, maybe a fourth rounder, I can see him being six. He's at least as good as like a Nick Mullins or something like that, who's the San Francisco backup who people really like. That maybe could start in this league. I was really impressed by him. I like guys who have quick releases. This is uh, I I, I'm gonna gonna say this in a different way. I like college quarterbacks when they're coming out who have quick releases. (laughs) Uh, They're
3: consistently accurate. (laughs) Just Just to clarify. Didn't even think of it that way, Sage, <laughs> just, you just said it. Down. Just to clarify, yeah, I don't it's think anybody me. thought what you thought until you <laughs> <But> stopped.
0: <laughs> but I
1: did. Yeah, I you did. slammed on did. the I brakes. I we I all did. finally, we usually, all realized what was going usually on. Usually, Judd. Judge the one that sniffs that stuff out real quickly. These things are recorded and end up on podcasts and things like
2: that. <laughs> Not so, today,
1: man. Know. I had no problem with quick releases from guys. Oh uh, man,
2: um, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so, so guys that guys that make good decisions have quick releases and they're accurate. I mean, the three great things that you need to be an NFL quarterback, and and he does a lot of those things, just in sort of a, a different style than From, who's you know, uh, you know, process, processing information really fast and getting the ball you know, sort of because of the conference Pac-12 versus SEC.
3: Are people getting carried away with Jordan Love?
2: I think so. You know, he's one of those guys, too. There there was a great stat that came out that was like throws beyond – from five to twenty yards, uh, which is sort of like that—you know, short to mid-range. You know, you know, it's not just screens and bubble screens, and it's not just go routes. And and the missed guys that were open, like just playing up missed throws. Uh, 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 the, uh, t- the two top guys, Tua and Jamie Burrow, were like four point five percent as far as not being accurate. Like they were accurate nine and a half out of ten times, basically. And then Jordan Love was something like. 12%, and then Herbert was 18%. So when Herbert threw a ball between 5 and 20 yards down the field, almost 1 out of 5 times, was just completely inaccurate. Alright. No, no issue with the line or whatever. Just missed guys. And and Loves was pretty high, too. He threw a lot of interceptions this year. Uh, I I know a couple coaches that were a little bit turned off by the interview, but then he does have these sort of... He does remind you of Pat Mahomes. He has the splash plays. You know, and and does a guy that's a splash play guy usually make it, uh, you know, really, really well in the NFL? And you know, usually, no. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think Josh Allen from Buffalo splash play guy, but is he consistent? And does he get the ball out? And does he recoverages And does he, you know, score a lot of points? No, they don't. But it's the consistent guys like Breeze who end up being the guys who end up being really good NFL quarterbacks.
4: Sage, what's the biggest mistake that's made in uh, the transition from college to pro as far as scouting goes when it comes to quarterback?
2: I, I think probably trying to – that's a good question. I think shooters can see other shooters and other people can't. You know what I mean? Like, like a center, like people that never played point guard. Like Steph Curry can see another shooter – by just his form, and and, and and other people can't see him. So I think a lot of times scouts are they're big on, you know, football is like so much about strength and speed and body size and arm length and, and these things. And I think Spielman's great at those types of guys. But quarterback's just a different thing, and there, there's a mental side of it. There's a personality side of it, which I think is way underrated. I mean, Drew Brees' personality, what I sort of call like the it, which is just sort of motivation, but it's magnetic, it's confident, it's inclusive, it's, uh, 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 you know, all these things that you want. When he walks in the room, the building just changed uh, and changes and and getting guys that have some of that. And, and a lot of guys don't. They just don't have that magnetic thing that other, you know, guys want to go out there and lay it on the line for and, and and then don't have that confidence and don't have – uh, that that uh uh wanting to have you know to to win more and to be more competitive and and to be a great great player and to really you know work at it and work at the craft not a lot of guys have that the thing and and uh and that just uh, i i i don't know i i feel like i I see it fairly. Easily when I talk to guys, or I like yeah. spend some time with guys. I mean, I've had a chance to spend you know five days with a couple of these college kids coming out, and and, and there's you know three guys out there. I could tell you which ones had more of that it than the other guys. Just spent spent five days with them. I had uh, you know the Notre Dame quarterback live in my house for four days, and I could tell you if I really think he has the it or not uh, by spending you know him him being around my kids, you know, being around my family, uh, and and you know and, and watching film uh, and, and playing basketball in my front driveway. You don't you don't get that type of stuff in just these combine interviews, um, and uh, and that that's the you know the hardest thing to you know trying to really judge somebody's true person. Personality, and, and you know some guys, and uh, Drew Brees. I, I met him in, at the combine, uh, and then you know the things after that, and, and rookie premiere. Always knew he had the it. Always knew it. Man, it's it's like a it's a it's a it's a, a confidence, a sense of urgency. Um, uh, There's just something that's magnetic, and and I knew it the, the first time I met him.
1: And Sage, I'll even take your point and go a step further and say that if a quarterback doesn't have that it, it actually it can it can derail a season it can derail a locker room I mean, it's like because that is the it position you have the most influence you have the ball all the time and so people are craving you to be that leader
2: because yeah because everyone knows how important it is yes and there there is a real thing um you know let's just say a guy like uh you know daniel hunter a freak of nature and if he ends up being around this league for a long time which i think he will there might be a point where he goes you know I'd like to go put, go down to Kansas City and win, you know, the fourth Pat Mahomes ring at this point, right? If he ends up being like one of those types of guys because, you know, he's made 110 million dollars and maybe he'll play for less and win one for Andy Reid or something like that, right? There is some of that in the NFL, but in, in, in it got, when a guy doesn't have it, other players, I think, struggle uh, uh, because some, some guys just aren't as relatable. Uh, there's, there's probably an authenticity thing there. Uh, you know, There's all types of things there, and, and uh, it, it's not an easy position from that aspect either to be one of those guys, and, and I know Favre probably struggled with some of the aspect of always being the entertainer always being sort of the, the most popular guy in the locker room and, and whatever. And, uh, you know, that can be, you know, hard uh, to, to do that all the time. And some people don't have that capacity uh, to sort of deal with that, you know, from, sort of from a personal standpoint.
3: Let's say, hypothetically, we keep talking about Tua slipping to the Vikings, and Judd says that they have to take him if, if if he slips to him at 22. If you're Kirk Cousins or any quarterback, and or we talked about Aaron Rodgers and Tua slipping to the Packers, that can't be an easel, easy mental hurdle to get over. Of playing the position and knowing your replacement, in all likelihood, is is looking over your shoulder, like Aaron Rodgers was, Brett Favre, Steve Young, Joe Montana. How would, how would you imagine? How hard would you imagine it is for a quarterback to handle that situation?
2: Well, I think any more. Um... I think it can do two things. It can like you know hurt your confidence, but usually guys that are in that position, like guys like Roethlisberger and what you know, like what happens, you know, Philip Rivers, you know, it's you're on your way out. But those guys, <clears throat> sometimes you know, if you look at recent history, guys like Peyton Manning did. Now it was a different situation. There wasn't a guy behind him, but you know he went somewhere else and it motivated him. He wanted to win it with a different group of guys, and um, and you know, as Tom Brady is trying to do right now. So I think there is this thing that guys sometimes expect that, you know, we've all seen it with all these guys in their last year or two. They end up playing for some random team that you forget about. And and Favre uh, uh, still thought, felt he had a lot to prove, and and, and he knew what, what was going to happen, but he still went out and, I thought, proved a lot at the end of his career.
1: Sage Rosenfels, sage football wisdom here. Just a couple hours to go until the NFL draft, part of our 36 Hours of Purple. Uh, before we say goodbye, any any final words of wisdom here, as the Vikings embark with two first-round picks tonight?
2: I'm hoping that there's also a trade involved, mm. and it's a trade mm-hmm. for uh, a starting player in another team that I was drafted to. One of the, that, that guy. Yep. I, I would love to see mm-hmm. that Trent Williams trade. I would like to see somewhere in there a second rounder, a fourth rounder. There's already been a contract mm. worked out. That would be uh, and and that would be an upgrade. I, I think he'd be um, to have that protection and have that athletic ability that he still has. I, I think and and uh, I think that would help this football team because he'd be helping Kirk Cousins. I'd love to see that in this draft.
1: Oh, one last thing for you too, there, Sage. Uh, we we've come up with a new formula for uh, for nicknames, mostly for Vikings vent line earlier in the day. What is your birth month and high school mascot? Uh, March Cardinal. Not bad. March Cardinal. March Cardinal's good. All right. That's solid. March Cardinal. That's your new name. That's very well, I'm solid. March off. Cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this system. I'm just gonna tell you again. Hey, Mac, it, you came
4: up with it, man. Not a
3: fan of this system. What do you mean? I just I don't know. that every everybody's first name is a month. It just it that doesn't make you only so there are only you know twelve what? names that exist in this world you've created. It's cause
4: yours is not good, Rami.
3: No, I'm fine with October November, Pirate. Re- it's October, October <laughs>
4: totally fine. November Red Night's way better than October <laughs> Pirate. And March Cardinal's strong. October pirate's a great one, Rami. Embrace it. Embrace
3: I mean, it. it's not the worst one. I'll take it.
4: <laughs> My first thought with October pirate was exactly what Sage was afraid of earlier in the segment when he said something How about
2: you know you
4: know. Uh, <laughs> you could you,
2: you know you, you, if uh, if it's, say you worked you played for the uh, the or what could be the November Wild. That would be a, that would be a
1: good one. Well, you certainly know it's not the June Wild. Oh, snap! Wow. <laughs> it's just a little playoff
0: joke. Only a few hours left
4: to go. Thanks, Sage. All right,
0: see you, Sage. Bye. All right, guys. Sage football wisdom here. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug to Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB, J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. Believing up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard.